0: The amount of destruction they describe there is kind of big for a yeah. crowded area. So there's no way that people got away like unscathed. So then I just have this image of, like, Lulu just, like, this shit-eating grin while she's eating ice cream surrounded by dead people. <laughs> <laughs> no.
1: Welcome to Casuals of Terra part five
0: <laughs> of our Star <laughs> Guardian special.
1: I'm your host, Ryan, here with your other host, Hedge. Uh, this is no longer even a
0: Runeterra lore podcast. We only exist for Star Guardian now. <laughs> it's all consuming.
1: <laughs> Ryan made sure of that shit. I mean, we. okay, so uh, if you guys have noticed, we've been hitting you a part, 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 back to back to back. Um, and we took a day or two, right, to regather ourselves, uh, figure out the rest of the content, uh, because as you know, from the first four parts, we got you up to speed if you were, you know, coming into the year 2022 and now we're going to give you the rest of it. Uh, which is the stuff that Riot recently released. So we're going to take our time to work through that because as we mentioned, it's broken into two parts. We're getting some stuff now. There's going to be some stuff in a couple weeks uh, that's going to come out in addition. So we want to get you caught up to that as well. Uh, But the first thing we have to do as in every episode is housekeeping. So as always, you can listen to us everywhere. If you're listening to us somewhere, if you want to move somewhere else, we're there. Uh, You can contact us at podcastcore at gmail.com, visit us at podcastcore.com for all of our info, and then follow us on any platform, uh, or all the platforms, because that helps with discoverability, and we appreciate it. And then leave a like, a comment, short review, we like reading those. But the easiest way is word of mouth to tell one friend to learn the proper form for throwing a pics by listening <laughs> to the Casuals of Runeterra podcast.
0: Uh, I am, I'm excited to dig into that detail because that is one of the best things that they've done with Lulu, uh, like in the entirety of Star Guardians so far.
1: (laughs) I love how we asked the question on the last episode and they gave us the answer.
0: Yep. Uh, Which, you know, is a perfect segue into if you haven't listened to our previous parts yet, you're going to be lost because this is picking up kind of like on the heels of our last story in essence. So, you know, listen to our previous parts so that you're caught up with us, and then we can all enjoy the story together. Uh, and you can listen to us ask why they got to do Lulu so bad, and then they fix it in this episode.
1: Yay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and if you're a cool kid who just happened to be like, yeah, I, I knew all that stuff. I just picked this episode randomly, and turns out I'm up to date, <laughs> then welcome. <laughs> so for people who've listened to other parts, or if it's been a while and you haven't looked at Stargarden content... The last part, the quick recap is, we had the intro to the main team in part one. In part two, we covered Camp Targon. In part three, we did the slumber party and also some bios for the veteran team. And then in part four, we did the park incident and then went over the popular music video that came out that kind of is more like an Ari Gaiden type situation, a side story um, of something going on uh, that kind of overlaps with what we're gonna talk about today. Yeah, like, it's
0: they. None of the things that we've covered so far has just been miscellaneous. Like this is all kind of piecing together. um, And we just have been open ended about it because this is stuff that's dropping on us now after years of speculation. So we're finally getting the whole story together, which is why we're all really excited to keep up with it. And this is why it's now a Star Guardian podcast. And it's like, yeah, no, we're going to read it all right now. We got you covered. We'll read it for you. Because I know I can't stop reading it, so
1: yay. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get into it. The Twin Stars is the name of this story. And the way this is broken up, we're going to have more parts. We're, we're going to make it easy on you. We're going to keep doing our parts the way we've been doing it. But when we tell this story, this is going to be a multiple episode type thing. Uh, because of the way they decided to release it in um, chapters.
0: And, and, you know, if you want us to do it differently, hit us up at podcastcore.gmail.com. Um, if you want a, like, two and a half hour episode of us reading a single story, we got, we can do it. But, we, you know, we need the feedback.
1: <laughs> a feature length film coming out soon.
0: Oh, my God.
1: Take your intermission now. <laughs> Start playing intermission music. <laughs> so today we're going over part one, which is before Twilight, and that's broken into a couple chapters. So we'll start with the prologue. So this story starts off with a recent beat up middle school aged Akali. And, you know, she missed the payment with a mob boss and it had to be taught a valuable lesson. So you can tell from the beginning that this already takes a different turn. <laughs> yeah, it, it takes it takes such a different turn that I don't even
0: know what you're talking about. Like, <laughs> just looking at me, like, wait, what?
1: No. I'm, like, I'm scrolling
0: uh, on my phone right now. What?
1: What part? What you, paragraph is that? <laughs> what did I read? <laughs> so no, she was protecting a homeless puppy uh, from being harassed by a bunch of psycho kids. You know how they get. Um, and then she kind of got jumped by these kids and a young Kaisa intervenes and she breaks up the scuffle. And then she kind of puts those kids in her place saying, if you ever harm this girl or this or anything else ever again, you'll feel my wrath. And she gets kind of scuffed up as well. And then she goes off to both help, uh, a collie up and then dig through the mountain of trash to find that mucked up puppy.
0: Yeah. and, We get a lot as far as, like, the—well, not so much a lot, but we're given a picture of how both of these characters are as children. So we know that Akali kind of does, like, the things that she wants, but she's kind of viewed more as a delinquent. And we know that from the way that she reacts when she realizes it's Kaisa that showed up and broke up the party. And it's because it's, you know— Beautiful, perfect, well-behaved Kaisa is how she's kind of spelling it out. So this very much is like a tip of the hat to your traditional Japanese storytelling of like the uh, the way that school kids are. of Just the delinquent outcast, but the perfect student council representative. Um, and you can literally pick up any slice of life anime and that story will be there. So yeah, it,
1: kids in middle school don't tend to be well-rounded yet. Uh, <laughs> not, not at all. all. It works. Not at all. <laughs> so this is the first time they actually get to talk. Uh, and like Hetch mentioned, you know, is kind of seen a little Miss Perfect. Akali's pitched this, this, this opposite – of that foil, or she's the foil to Kaisa, right? And then, you know, as they're trying to figure out what to do with this puppy, Kaisa tells her, you know, my parents run a shelter. They can, you know, we can drop them, drop him off there, and I can help you get home. And she's like, of course, your parents also do shelter work, right? (laughs) they're just as great as you are. Uh, And then we get a little snippet towards the end where we find out that Kali's home life is not that great. Uh, Her mother's abusive, uh, and that's something that I'm sure we're gonna get more of later in the story. Uh, but the twist here is that Kaisa is the first one to bring up, that she immediately thinks of Akali as a friend after everything they've gone through in this moment, Uh, and that kind of makes Akali happy, and it's the first time she's felt that happiness in a long time that acts as almost a barrier when she goes home back to that abusive environment. She now has that good feeling, right? Yeah, it's a
0: nice little caveat or, you know, a cherry on top of kind of, you know, bringing in sour information but really uh there's there's not even a comparison to this because this is just the traditional way that introverts make friends is that an extrovert just kidnaps an introvert says you're my friend now and then they're friends for best like best friends for life from that point onward so like that's this is it this is riot's version of that akali is officially an introvert all right. You can at me if you want, but this is, that's how they wrote the story. I didn't make the call.
1: <laughs> yeah. So uh, one thing I want to touch on, cause we don't listen, we don't criticize. I mean, we criticize all the time, but usually good criticism. Now there's one part here in the prologue that stood out to me because this is the beginning of the news stories they're putting out. So obviously I had a keen eye on it. The way the dialogue's written for how Kaisa speaks to Akali is very adult. There, there's a certain level of wit and quippiness that the fact that they, you know, start off with, hey, they're in middle school. Okay, middle schoolers don't have this kind of back and forth. <laughs> they don't have this kind of dialogue, this kind of quippiness. This It's almost like a comedic duo on stage.
0: Yeah, it, like it very much is like – It's too well put together. Like, it's too smart. Um, Where, like, Akali's kind of snippiness uh, in some of it is, like, a little bit more believable. Kaisa is, like, she's scripted, like, um, which I think, like, maybe they were trying to convey that it is, like, that perfect student. Kind of mindset But yeah. come on you know, No perfect middle schooler Is gonna be able to like <laughs> Kill it at the Apollo Like no yeah, exactly. <laughs> like save, save the quippiness For the next chapter The next part When we get like Towards high school Yeah I'll believe it then
1: Yeah <laughs> Now we're going to get posted like, oh, my God, they hate Riot. (laughs) We did it. We balanced (laughs) ourselves out. Hey,
0: we had to do it. Do you know how many sales of skins that we set up for them from, you know, the skins they put out like five years ago?
1: (laughs) Those sales are on us, baby. (laughs) Yeah. So part one is the actual story beginning, right? We have the fight. So we fast forward uh, to a mall type situation. We're heading towards a mall. Um, We're... In the Japanese sense, they're more like strip malls, open air kind of thing. Uh, There's a crowd in the way, and there's Akali and Kaisa having an argument out loud. Uh, And they kind of go back and forth about Kaisa essentially burning herself out, quote unquote. Akali playing it down as you're not really burnt out. It's just that you're stretching yourself too thin to help people. And then Kaisa thinks Akali is mad that she actually wants to help people. And this makes her emotional. And she starts to cry. And against her better judgment, Akali kind of separates herself from the the discussion and the fight rather than trying to resolve things then and there. And she heads deeper into the mall without her.
0: Yeah. And this is like it's. This is a really good way of like showing that like some time has passed, but like the characters are still the same, which is, you know, Kaisa is an overachiever. So she's burning the candle at both ends, trying to hold up the image that she believes that she needs to hold up. And Akali is still not really fully understanding a lot of like the social dynamics. Like as far as for being friends that, uh, um, that exchange of, you know, like trying to care for someone and, yeah. you know, like uh, conveying those worries does take communication. And like the longer you put it, push it off, the harder it's going to be. And so it's like, you know, that kind of goes into that whole introvert thing of just, you know, Kaisa pulled collie up off the ground it's like you're my friend now uh so akali doesn't really know how to do this but uh we do get like some little tidbits here of akali um kind of beating herself up for not taking a a stronger stance uh, and nipping it in the bud right then and there and we do get a little bit of information of how they do kind of view themselves as a crime fighting duo um it's Th- through their friendship over the years so it's probably like we know that it's more of the thing of like kind of delinquency or like you know chasing delinquents because it was it's mentioned that it's to keep a collie out of trouble as well as doing the right thing which is what kaiser wants to do anyways so it's probably nothing major I don't think that they're like superheroes at this point point. <laughs> <Like>, and, <laughs> and once we get further into the story we know they're not superheroes at this point but like they do they do go out and try to find trouble and nip it in the bud so like they're very active teenagers so no yeah, they're wonder in do-gooder phase yeah and a do-gooder phase very active so no wonder akali's like yo kaisa uh, you gotta sleep <laughs> like, yeah
1: you you gotta sleep at some point <laughs> Yeah, and as she gets into the mall, she ends up at a flower shop, which kind of reminds her about, you know, the importance of the relationship because – they share some jewelry that has flowers on it, and it's, you know, a, a symbol for them. And then there's an old woman who kind of, you know, looks at her being a child and says, you know, don't waste, almost like, don't waste your time being angry at this age, right? Whatever it is, it's not that big of a deal, which is classic being young. And then she decides to buy some flowers for Kaisa, um, which are her favorite, uh, and this will kind of signify, you know, the strength of the relationship.
0: Yeah. And I mean, that really is like something that uh, teenagers always kind of need to hear at some points of their life. It's something that I know as an adult, every now and then I got to hear it, too. Of Just like some things are not as big as your brain makes them out to be. And then it's like, yeah, if you're still friends, it's fine. Just say you're sorry. Like they'll understand. Like y'all are friends. You'll get through it. Buy some flowers. Fifteen dollars. Did I say 15? It's actually 20. Demand went up.
1: inflation is through the roof right now. Uh, (laughs) We don't want to date the episode, but future us, please help.
0: (laughs) Please help. Wire me some money.
1: (laughs) So this takes us to part two, which is alone in a crowd. So we move to Lux's group at the mall, hanging out with Ari's group, minus Ari still, uh, because as we mentioned in the last part, Spoilers. She's missing, uh but only uh Sarah and Lux as far as we as far as we know know this, and then uh Sindra is also not here, which she's just extra Sussy all the time, so it's classic that she's not around, so Sarah's kind of in deep thought and still concerned over the missing Ari and Lux is checking in on her as Lux can't help but do, and then she reminds her that you know she is holding up the team, right? She's like, okay, well, everyone else is here. We're good. The rest of the gang are up to shenanigans in the food court. So let's just you know, we're checking things out, we're hanging out, we're having a good time. There's even a scene where like Ezreal is pointing out he wants to go into this lamp shop, which once again is cheesy because they're feeding more into that whole light aspect and how he likes starlight and all the shenanigans.
0: What's your favorite light? <laughs> Everyone has a favorite light. Um Now I do like as far as Coming back to the usual group that we have been watching, that we're finally looking at it from a different lens. Like, we're, the at this point of the story, it's not from Lux's point of view, which is every other story has been from Lux's point of view. Uh, yeah. So it, it is refreshing not only to get someone else's perspective of the whole thing, but to also get into Misfortune's mind here because we've we have only been able to gather and speculate from what Lux has been. Learning, and she has not been learning a lot. So uh, it's so it's nice to like you know kind of you know get that little pat on the back of like yeah we were right like misfortune was kind of struggling with whatever happened in the past and worried about Ari. So it's like yeah stressed stressed out teenagers. But um, so it's nice to know that we were right leading up to that, and it's also kind of funny to watch her in a way her way of trying to unwind is like kind of encouraging Lux to go spend time with Ezreal of just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all, y'all, y'all go ahead and do this thing, whatever this is. And it's that vibe of whatever this is. I don't know what y'all are up to. Y'all seem like you like it though. I don't care. Just keep me out. Y'all do that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Whatever they're up to, Jinx clearly is not appreciative of what's going
0: on. No. And that makes it very entertaining. (laughs) (laughs)
1: So as Hetch mentioned, Sarah's kind of stuck between trying to distract herself from the past trauma of losing her original team, which is something that's, you know, boiled back up to the surface. And then the current worry of losing another team, not just her new team, because Ari's not around, but also this other team that's kind of dependent on them for being the veteran team. Uh, And then this takes us into part three. Um after so there's a sorry, there's a sudden, yeah, there's a sudden I I forgot. Oh, yeah, no,
0: you're right, you're right. This does take us into part three because what happens at the very end here of like, yeah, this is you know, it's not just a nice little oh Sarah's worried end of discussion. There is a gigantic explosion, and no one really sees where this explosion comes from, but they notice that all the coverings up top of this ball have disappeared and they can see the sky and there's a nearby flower stand that is just caught in this explosion. And you know what? I feel like we were just talking about flowers. Uh, So (laughs) are we still part three? Is that still following Sarah Fortune or no, no. Oh, yeah. Uh, Akali lives the family guy joke of I awoke several hours later in
1: a daze. (laughs) (laughs) And this chapter is called a grand entrance. So obviously Jin is there, and it's time for Act Four. <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> oh my colleague. God,
1: don't do that! They'll make another
0: Star Guardian skin for Jin, and they'll come out with two comics, and we're gonna have to read those comics. You're only increasing our amount of work.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's not Jin, uh, but a collie, awaking, dazed and confused trying to remember what she was doing and where she's at. And she realizes she was at the flower stand about to get some flowers. And then she's hearing now screaming and panic and looks up and sees these two individuals that look weird um, to her. And it's Rakan and Zaya. And they seem disappointed sarcastically that people aren't celebrating that they just destroyed this area uh, to make their entrance. So they decide they have to destroy the city.
0: Look, if, if anyone is going to have the flair for dramatics as villains in this universe, name a better duo than Zion and Rakan. Yeah. I'll wait. You can. Um, in, fact, <laughs> in fact, the closest that you got was naming Jin because he has a flair for dramatics, but there's no duo there. So I still win. And I hate you for bringing up Jim, <laughs> but um, I mean this is this is lovely to see because we've been waiting to get more details about Rakan and Zaya. So this is this is a return of characters that we wanted ever since the um, that last video that they had put out at this point almost three years ago. So it's perfect. This is exactly what we want. I can't wait to go into the next part. So take take me there. Go to part four. I'm ready. I need it. I want it in my
1: bones. Yeah, so part four is the meat and potatoes of this story. It's forgotten friends is how this is labeled. So Sarah immediately jumps into action and Lux and Jinx kind of follow up uh, without much hesitation. They're not transformed yet. They're just moving into position. Um, ready player one. Uh, so Poppy Starts protecting Lulu, who's still eating ice cream. She's not really, you gotta remember, Lulu is usually aloof, or even if she knows what's going on, she doesn't treat things with the same kind of urgency. So she's finishing her ice cream while Poppy has her hammer out. Uh, And then John and Soraka are just helping panicking mall goers evacuate outside the mall. And then Sarah notices that the two people that crash into the stand are her old group, members uh two of them specifically that we mentioned but their eyes specifically look different or look wrong
0: yeah and that's this is a great thing to see because it's you know further confirmation that this is a the previous team that we keep getting mentions of whenever we hear about ari and misfortune's backstories period um so this Finally confirmed, no doubt. Zion, Rakan were with Ari and Misfortune's previous team, um, and then I, I just like to imagine them running to this, you know, ground zero of an explosion. And the fact that Lulu's still eating her ice cream, I see it as like the emote from Terra of her, you know, drinking her boba. Um, but instead of Boba, that it's that face while she's eating her ice cream. And, yeah. you know, there's there are probably, like, wounded people near this, like, because the amount of destruction they describe there is kind of big for a yeah. crowded area. So there's no way that people got away, like, unscathed. So then I just have this image of, like, Lulu, just, like, this shit-eating grin while she's eating ice cream surrounded by dead people. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no. yeah luckily we don't know anybody die we know people are evacuating um but listen when we explain what happens later people had to die during this okay so Uh, uh, yeah absolutely (laughs) absolutely that's why it's so funny to me of just her just eating her ice cream like (laughs) (laughs) yeah so it's not only that you know they look wrong sarah also looks confused because she thought these two died right that was a big deal that was something she told Lux um and to see them there is obviously shocking and then there's this moment where a child kind of grabs onto her like pulling her uh and this helps bring her back to the moment because the child's lost and is just kind of crying just wants help and then she immediately like okay she transforms in the middle of this you know chaos and then she yells for the others to do the same at the same time uh is when the to Rakan and Zaya attack, right? And even though she's hesitant and kind of saddened as well as her familiars, which are mentioned, that when she tells them to transform, they're kind of hesitant as well. Uh, But she reassures them that they're not the same friends we once knew. Sounds like she's trying to convince herself as well. And she immediately shoots down the first volley of feathers sent from Zaya, uh, but didn't expect a second volley. Behind that, if you've played the game, always expect that. Uh, and, and But for the second volley, Ezreal does his thing, teleporting in, knocking down the second volley, but then Rakan kind of sends his own feathers. And this actually almost critically wounds Ezreal, but then Jinx steps in and then lets off a storm of bullets in Rakan's direction, so he has to kind of shift.
0: Yeah, like this—the way that they're starting off this fight really does like use a lot less language to kind of paint the spirit of the fight, uh, specifically since we are looking from Misfortune's perspective. Because even though Misfortune's recognizing that their eyes are wrong, and she is telling herself that she she saw her old friends die. She knows that they're gone. And even if somehow these are the same people, they're not the same anymore. So she knows that she has a job to do. Um, She, like, they keep saying, it's like she's telling herself this, but the fighting spells it out too, because she doesn't transform and goes to kill the imposters. She transforms and is fighting defensively. She's shooting down the feathers instead of attacking these invaders. And it's kind of transitioning to the other members as well as Ezreal you know he shoots down the second volley and Jinx comes in and is shooting down feathers too like no one's actually trying to kill these two people uh and we know as far as like from our previous stories from Lux's perspective Lux you know loves the idea of being a star guardian and she loves the idea of teaming up with other star guardians so Lux is probably like if we were in her mind she's probably thinking of like I don't know why they're confused but they look like us. Like they have powers like us. We should get them to help us yeah. instead of viewing them as a threat. So, I think it's a really cool way that they've set up the fight to kind of tell that story of like yeah, misfortune's not buying what she's telling herself either. Like she's she's trying just to keep herself and her friends safe instead of killing these people.
1: Yeah, and a shout out to our part four episodes last episode because we talked about the music video at the end of that episode and the way the movements handled the way that Zaya and rakan fight as they were ch- chasing uh, nico in that one in this one it gives you a good perspective when you have okay i've seen that visually now i'm reading this and it makes sense how the fight is moving the flow of it And to continue the fight, so after, you know, Ezra intervenes and Jinx intervenes, Rakan has to move out the way, so he dashes and changes uh, direction and almost gets creamed by Poppy's hammer. (laughs) And then as that's happening, Zaya decides to dash as she's dodging to. Go towards Lulu because that's the classic move. It's in the playbook. It's the way we drew it up. It's like, <laughs> Yep, hundred <laughs> percent. It's like the Chicago Bulls in triangle offense. It's what you do. You go for Lulu, and this is the part where Lulu finishes her ice cream and she throws picks in her face.
0: I love this all right? because they like Ryan has been doing such a good job of you know making Lulu eccentric without being, like, the omega-powerful Lulu that we know from regular realm yeah. of Runeterra. Um, but this is, like, perfect, because of the, there's not even a sense of urgency here still, and then she's not even really fighting. She's just chucking picks at people. <laughs> and so then she's just an annoyance, which really, even in, a, like, League of Legends, a fed Lulu can carry the game. A not-fed <laughs> Lulu can still get their team to win the game because Lulu's the most annoying character on the planet. So this is perfect. Yeah, no, throw picks in the face. Get get this stupid thing out of my face.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So then Lux actually ends up binding them both, which is the ability you've seen from the game. And then Lux, being naive tries to ask them to stop this nonsensical fighting. Because as Hetch mentioned, she's kind of as confused with less information. And at this point, Zaya mentions that Sarah abandoned them and let them die. Now, this is a big question mark, right? Because from what we've heard up to this point, she didn't abandon them. They fought kind of to the death type situations. So Zaya follows up by saying that: is this the lie that Ari keeps telling you? That we died you know, on the battlefield in a natural situation without you guys leaving us behind. And that kind of leaves us like, oh, shit, is there more to the story? Uh, and
0: it's really like kind of confusing because we saw in the in the previous video that they put out that Ari was present when at the time where Rakan and Zaya were, you know, trying to kill Nico yeah. And Zoe is there, and Zoe reveals that, you know, she has the power to corrupt Star Guardians. So, Ari was present, too. So, and it's like, okay, we know that Ari was there, and now we're kind of getting more of a vibe, because Misfortune's saying that she saw them die, but Misfortune wasn't in that video. Yeah. So is, was that like a different event that went down? Like we, there's leaves a lot of questions there. So all that we know for certain now is that the Rakan and Zaya standing before the star guardians. Now they are different in some way, whether they're imposters or have been like fully corrupted and like are spiritually gone. We don't know that detail. And the, only detail that we do know about this transformation is that they're really strong because at this point they have been holding off eight star guardians by themselves yeah so it two v eight and nobody <laughs> dropped like yeah yeah they're really
1: strong so they, those are the only two facts that we know for certain yeah, this is not authentic League of Legends here. This is definitely not how the game works. Um, uh,
0: hey, hey, I've played a couple games where it felt like it was two v eight. Okay, uh, top true. laner top laner dies, f- gives up first blood, and then teleports onto a minion that's already at the enemy tower. <laughs> I I've I've been there I've I've felt it I have felt it
1: oh no so at this point Sarah's mind is doing gymnastics because she decides to aim her gun and decide the real ones did die and these ones aren't them and I'm like all right (laughs) sure so that works for her You know, Zaya even pushes her buttons a bit more and tells her to keep lying to herself, and she fires, but Rakan dashes in, shielding Zaya like his move in League of Legends. And then Lux turns her attention to, off to the side in this flower shop, this small shivering form that's in this wreckage of the flower shop, and it's a collie. And Sarah turns away to kind of help this girl after Lux prods her a bit and try to get her out of her own head. Uh, And then as she goes, Zaya yells at her again and throws a feather, but John is able to knock that feather away and Rakan leaps into action because he's always trying to keep Zaya safe despite what she's trying to do. Uh, And then Lulu, round two, throws picks again. And even Rakan's like, stop throwing that damn thing at me. <laughs> Pix is MVP, all right? like right? I,
0: I'm still just so happy that it's like Lulu's actually doing stuff instead of being yeah. a damn zone distress. Um, now, we do, as far as with Misfortune running away, like a nice thing that we get there is that it does take some prodding from Lux to actually get Misfortune to realize that for her to go to the girl that is at this flower stand is the right thing to do. Um, and Lux even points out that it's like, one, you need to go save her 2 you're too close to whatever this is. Yeah. Um, and so it's really cool because it's like, you know, we get to see Lux actually being a leader with some confidence and it kind of catches everybody off guard because even misfortunes going, did she just snap at me
1: with gusto
0: with, with gusto? oh she did oh oh gasp um so like it, this is a nice thing to see like some growth from lux uh but that carries us over into the next part and now we go back to uh, we go back to actually seeing akali um <laughs> and, yeah uh, like man i feel for akali in this part because they really do a good job of just being like do i have a concussion Have I I lost my marbles?
1: (laughs) Yeah, and just real quick, I wanted to say that, you know, additionally to that part with Lux's shift in behavior, out of all the parts we've done, out of all the episodes, all the content we've covered so far, that was the first time where she actually behaved like Ari. Like this wasn't, you know, not her being in in her own head or saying I'm not good enough, whatever. This was her in a situation that's very stressful doing something that we could see Ari doing. And I think that's really cool and on purpose, right? From the storytelling perspective.
0: Right. Like It's mentioned a lot that, you know, she reminds the more veteran members of Ari. So like it's like, okay, you did it. You acted like Ari. Um, And it's just refreshing to see that, you know, she's not constantly just an over-anxious high schooler. So it's like,
1: you did it. Yay. Go, best girl. (laughs) Yeah. So then we get to, like you said, the next part. So lovely horrors. Um, which is the perfect uh, name for this thing. So Akali comes back to her senses and she mistakes Sarah for one of the enemies because they look very similar. Uh, Then she kind of kicks her in the shin and runs off through the crowd. Because remember, they're still evacuating this whole mall on what's most likely a weekend. and she heads for the city center, right? Because she's going back where she came from originally. But what she ends up seeing on the other side of the crowd stops her and attracts. And she mentions the confusion of, like, why is it staying as dense as it is instead of it thinning out the further you get out? And it's because people are running away from the city center. And then when Sarah finally catches up to her, we see why. Um, and Hatch, I think it's probably best just to read out this description.
0: So a uh, Akali heard Sarah catch up to her, but it didn't matter anymore. Not when w- the once unbroken skyline was now fractured under the weight of falling stars, but they couldn't be stars. Some were made of darkest night, others glowing embers. They zipped across the twilight sky, changing course midair to crash down without warning where they landed. Corrosive purples, pinks and blues blossomed buildings collapsed only to be swallowed by fathomless black holes that winked like all-seeing eyes. Now Akali knew why there had been so many people. They'd been running away, not just from the mall, but from this. It was terror. It was madness. It was pretty, Akali said to herself. Yep. So, yeah. So, it, like, uh, you know, we've been talking a lot, like at our previous parts especially with how standoffish akali has been to uh, not akali um uh, how standoffish ari has been specifically to lux and it's because there's this mention of like hey the more star guardians that are around the worse it's gonna get like it's you know the 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 brightest light will create the darkest darkness so yeah this is a this is kind of what we've been alluding to up to this point of just like you get enough Star Guardians together, something cataclysmic is going to happen. Uh, and we now have like the first Avengers movie from the Marvel Cinematic Universe happening in this town.
1: <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. And there's three references I want to point out. Obviously, the two closest ones are the episode where we talked about the park incident. And how weird and awkward that was with Zoe kind of portaling jellyfish monsters in Uh, the music video that we've been referencing from last episode that gives you an idea at the end when she's interacting with Nico and she takes her in this other dimension type situation. It kind of looks like that. And the final one is you guys are nerds just like we are. If you've played a World of Warcraft, the Shadowbringers trailer when Sylvanas cracks the helmet and the sky opens is also the first thing that came to my mind outside of that. So that's kind of the visual of what these normal people are now seeing um, at the city center of one of the major cities in you know Terra. Uh, so that's where we are. And then Sarah, still kind of in the mode because she is a Star Guardian, not as shocked by what she's seeing, tries to bring Akali to her senses and convince her that, you know, we're still some of the good guys, right? Ignore what's going on. We're the good guys. Trust us. Come with us. And it turns out that Akali um, heard the whole back and forth between her and Zaya. So she wasn't much just stunned. She was actually paying attention to everything that was happening in that moment. And all of a sudden, a large purple fire erupts, uh, blocks away from where they're at. And Akali thinks that's where Kaisa was the last time they talked about 30 minutes ago. And she takes off in that direction, Um, even though Sarah knows, oh, that's Syndra. Akali doesn't know that, but she immediately takes off because in her mind, she doesn't leave friends behind like they do. <laughs> like they do. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, it
0: does kind of help put in perspective, you know, Akali's mindset up to this point is because, hey, the people that blew up the flower stand that I was standing at and have given me this concussion have been saying your name, which yeah. means they know you, which means you know them, which means you're not friend. <laughs> like, it's pretty simple. Um, so it, at the very least, we understand what's happening there. But it is like it does give like a nice little like dilemma for Misfortune here, which is do I go and help Sandra Because, you know, I like my friends are still fighting like the friends I've left behind at the mall are still fighting Zion Rakan and Syndra is clearly fighting something because I can see her familiars go into town on stuff so yeah. it's like do it's like I need to go in this direction anyways to help Syndra but I also need to help this kid who has keep kicking me in the shins and thinks I'm a bad guy. Uh, So we we now have like a little dilemma of just like, it's not, it's still not cut and dry despite how excited Miss Fortune was to be back in a fight instead of stressing out over what's happened to Ari and what's happening to their team. So it's still, still all of these mental gymnastics she's got to go through.
1: Yeah. And you know, this takes us to the end of the story here. And I just want to mention that it's, when we talk about like the age differences, they're not that far, despite some being more experienced in this war situation when it comes to being a Star Guardian, some being more experienced in other things or being more confident, different personalities. But I really feel for misfortune in this situation, right? Because this is a lot for even someone who would be an adult to handle, right? We've seen plenty of the Sentai genre where – you know, grown adults that have to take on these world class um, cataclysmic events that get overwhelmed, and this is a lot happening. Not because she wasn't in the right mindset to start. So yeah, no. <laughs> so no, think about not being in your all. worst day, and then all the bad stuff starts happening that's outside of your normal everyday life.
0: Yeah, like and, and and I mean it's refreshing too like because uh, you know it's that whole concept of something you have to learn growing up which is that you're not ever truly alone yeah. uh, and a lot of the things you struggle with are things that other people struggle with too. Like everybody has to learn that and it's nice to see this point of the story from Miss Fortune's perspective because yeah. her thought process is are a lot more similar to Lux than anything else. Like she's stressed out about why Ari isn't sh- coming around, still stressed out about how sus, Sindra has been acting all this time. Um, and trying not to grow too close to Lux's team because hey, I know how it feels to lose people. So yeah. it's like, you know, it's a very different thing because it's not like they're more difficult subjects than what Lux is dealing with, but she is just as shaken in her confidence as Lux is, so yeah. it's nice to get that, but I mean, the best part of this whole first chapter is just, you know, finally getting these other characters that we've been seeing in the in the music videos and in a lot of the art, uh, specifically Rakan, Zaya, and Zoe, um, which we don't really see Zoe at this point, but... Misfortune name drops Zoe. So we know that it's like, okay, cool. They are finally coming into the story. And that is only just gonna keep me more excited to keep reading on here. Cause this is just, you know, our version of part one of a three part thing to cover this story.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We got, we got much, much more coming. So with that, once again, if you've made it to this part and you've listened to all this, thank you again. We enjoy you hanging around when we go through this and Thanks for listening as always. And we'll be back soon with, as Hedges said in the past, the next Stardian episode. Let's go, Stardians.
0: <laughs> oh, I hate you, Ryan. All right. Take care, everybody. <laughs>